right, so now we are going to have the split sermon. That will be by David Hope, entitled, Pray Thy Kingdom Come. Thank you, young Mr. McGarvey. You did a great job. Appreciate it. Good afternoon to everyone. And everybody in TV land. I noticed Steve was addressing the camera last week. And uh, I enjoyed that. It made it, made it a little more personal. Sometimes we're not, we don't think we're TV stars or anything. But uh, sometimes we're on TV, or, or at least on the internet, anyway. And they're glad to have our visitors here. And, uh, Hopefully one of these days we won't be calling you visitors anymore. You'll be members or all that. But anyway, we don't want to scare you off. But anyway, we're glad to have anyone here and glad to have everyone out in the uh, Neverland out here, wherever it is on that. Where in the Bible did God say that this is good? Anybody know just offhand? That's not a trick question. Anyway, did God say this is good? And did he really mean it? Okay. Today we're going to discuss this and see that if it's still true. I'm going to start off in the uh, very first book of the Bible, Genesis. And uh, I'm not going to give the particular message that I uh, have done in the past. It's been several years ago. And one of these days I want to go back and do it and go into a lot of detail on each one of those. I think it's a very fun book to go into, but my purpose today is not not to get into the intricacies, you know, the, the creation this day and that day and all that, and and uh, I know some of the, uh, uh, not evolutionists necessarily, but uh, some of the Bible critics have a problem, or people that want to be Bible critics, uh, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, how could this be, you know, the, the, the Bible says we're roughly, you know, 6,000 years old, and history and radio, radiocarbon dating, all that says something else, you know. And uh, that, that's fun to answer, but that's not my purpose today, but I want to hit a few highlights, and I'll probably have to read the bit. biggest part of, or maybe all of uh, Genesis' first chapter, and just, just uh, hit a few highlights there. So bear with me a little bit. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, and I, and like I said, I still like to stop and pause and go into all the detail, and so I've got to discipline myself to not do that. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And here's a sermon right here. But anyway, go. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light or illumination. And there was light. And God saw that the light, that it was good. So God said, this is good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And verse 6. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. You know, God had a lot of power. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one 
place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he the seas. And here again, God saw that it was good. You know, so far, God's hidden batting a hundred or a thousand or whatever it is. Verse 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, and the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is within itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So far, so good. God said it was good. And the evening and the morning were the, the morning were the third day. And God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth." And it was so. And God made the two great lights, and here I keep wanting to get in to say, well, he altered, he did this, did that, but we'll, we'll just keep reading. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, and he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule, day over, to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. Getting redundant, aren't we? And evening and the morning were the fourth day, and God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life, and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales, and every living creature that moves which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind and God saw that it was good. God liked his work. God blessed them and God blessed them saying be fruitful and multiply fill the waters and the seas and let the fowl multiply in the earth and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, the cattle and creeping thing, and the beast of the field, or the beast, let me see, beast of the earth. <clears throat> These glasses get in the way, too. After his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth, of the, verse 25, and God made the beast of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind and God saw that it was good. He didn't see any flaw. He, he said it's really good. Verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. 
And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. And most of us don't have a problem with that, do we? The big families, Steve, don't have a problem with that. And some of the other don't have a problem with being fruitful and multiplying. That's one of God's better commandments. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Yeah, the Lord's had a lot of, or Janice had a lot of kids too, so don't leave them out. In verse 29, and God said, oh, and God said, Behold, I have given you every fruit-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree which is in the tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you it shall be for me and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creeps upon the earth wherein there is life I have given every green herb for meat and it was so and I read a lot more than I, I could have hit the highlights on those but in verse uh, 31 listen to this and God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. God said it's very good. Not only is it good, it's very good. You know, it worked fine. It worked good. The mechanics, everything in this universe worked really, really good. And God was pleased with it. I think I'm going to go ahead and go into a couple more verses in uh, uh, Genesis 2. Genesis 2, and I'm going to start with verse 1 through about 3. Thus the heavens and earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he rested from all his work which he had created. Uh, I got to thinking here lately, uh, you know, maybe God spent a great deal of that time on the Sabbath just really looking at his creation. And I know a lot of preachers over the years have said, well, he probably preached to Adam and Eve on that day and did this and all that. You know, maybe he did. I don't know. We don't know what he did for sure. I mean, you know, if you said he did, okay, he did for you. But I don't really know, but uh, I could conceive that God took that Sabbath day, that day that he wasn't doing anything, and rest and just contemplated and just looked and said, man, this is really good. He said in verse 31 of chapter 1, this is good. You know, this is very good. Have you ever had a, a project or anything that you have said that to, you know, uh, whether you've created something, made something, developed a song or something? And, you know, all of us probably have some kind of a story that, that we really thought that is good, really good. You know, I, I'm going to tell everything I did, but I, when I was young, I'd build a hot rod, you know. I thought, man, that is good. But anyway, I won't go into that. But uh, one thing that really got me to thinking when I was a younger man about uh, how God really appreciated, and I'm sure God really appreciated his creation, and... Uh, Back, it's been about 45 years ago now, back in 1973, I started into my own business. I was a young man and started into the cleaning business, and, and I was cleaning everything from the ceiling to the floor uh, and everything in between. And at that particular time, uh, 
I was working, what, 50, 60 hours a week trying to build up a business on the side, so I had to go to work the night shift so I could get out and do my PR work in the daytime. But uh, I know I'm making a long story out of this, and I'll see if I can have time to do all that. <laughs> but um, at that time, I had one account. I had to put a dime with uh, the check that I got from them to pay my payment on my equipment. I, doing At that time, just about a mile east of here, where that quick trip is now, it used to be a country kettle restaurant, and then Bruce's truck stop later. And uh, I had to put a dime. That was a once-a-month deal. But anyway, uh, going out there one day, I realized that they were a construction project just west of that. And I didn't know what it was. I just knew that they were building something that was big. So I looked around and saw the superintendent, or found the superintendent, and and uh, ask him, you know, what, what do you guys do when you get through? When you, do you have somebody doing a district cleanup or anything? And, and uh, so to make a long story short, it was a Union 76 truck stop that was coming in. And uh, they were taking bids. Well, I got the bid on the thing. And uh, oh, did I ever underbid. But anyway, uh, after a couple of weeks working on it, I ended up having to uh, have a lot of the people worldwide to come help me. And I'd pay them, you know, to, out of my profit to, to get the job done. But uh, then after that, the contractor turned it over to, to the company, Union 76, and they liked our work, so they had me to come in after the construction cleanup and then really do, uh, on all their hard floors, do the uh, cleaning, sealing, waxing, and all of that. Had a big, huge kitchen and, and freezer and all of that, and then preparing area and then a big dining room and then from there I went out into the tile, the asphalt tile into the uh, service of uh, the store and all that and then down the hall to the trucker's lounge and uh, so I was able to go in there at night when no one was there, the, the people from California that was going to manage it uh, went home and it was really something. I'd be in there and uh, a lot of labor, a lot of work. And they had put a jukebox in there with no money. You know, you didn't have to put any money. You could punch all of the country music or whatever, uh, religious music or what. And they, they had the bun coffee maker, and I'd make my coffee, and I could take my break. And one evening, I was working, I don't know, five or six hours, and I decided to take a little break. And I was sitting there at one of the booths, and some really good music on. I was in a good mood. And just to look and see the beauty of that job, you know, because I knew the work I had done. I put all the different kinds of chemicals and scrub with machines and all that and got it down to the bare and put, you know, about three coats or so of sealer on it and then some floor finish on that. It was absolutely beautiful. And I thought, God has got to be, you know, I was bragging on myself, to myself, nobody else there to hear me, but I, I thought, you know, God, in a, some little simple way that I am, I know God has got to be really happy with the universe that he had built, you know, the twinkling stars and, and all of the things. I, I, you know, I've never forgotten that. And I still enjoy looking back at that particular job, sitting there looking outside, but the thing that really made me feel small was it became a light drizzle, kind of like we had the other day, and, and everything was beginning to have a light coat of ice on it. You talk about pretty. The little trees out there, you know, with all with the, the 
the icicles on it. It was just, and I thought, God did that and didn't even have to put any effort out, you know. It was just absolutely beautiful. So whatever I do myself, I can't compare to God. But I do really understand that, that God really was happy, and I think he is happy with the overall product. So what happened? So what happened? You know, everything was so good. It seemed like things have changed. And I'm going to paraphrase and, and go fairly fast through some things. You know, we, we realized uh, reading in the early uh, chapters of Genesis where we've just been, uh, you know, we realized that sin came in. You know, sin came in and, and robbery or thievery came in. You know, they, they touched something that they shouldn't. First of all, they coveted. You know, broke one of the commandments that we didn't know that existed, but, you know, Adam and Eve, they, they, uh, they coveted something that looked really good. This is really enticing. Man, this has got to be good. And it's almost like one of the country songs that, that says, if this is wrong, I don't want to be right. You know, some of you know who I'm talking about. You know, it's just attitude. If this is wrong, it feels so good, I don't want to be right. You know, I'll go ahead and sin. And, uh, but anyway, that happened, and we know the story, and I'm not going to go into all the details on uh, what happened. You know, they got kicked out of the garden, and then they had to work for a living then. You know, they, they had it pretty nice before, a little bit of caretaking and, you know, picking the... Uh, few weeds here and there, if they had weeds, but, you know, I'm sure they began to have ticks, you know, had fleas, you know, and uh, their weather, their country's anything like Oklahoma, you get out in the weeds, you know, you're getting chiggers. Down here at Wagner, Oklahoma's got some of the most vicious chiggers you'll ever see in your life. We camped out one, down there, one year down there at the Feast Tabernacle down there, and I went down by the lake, and oh, I tell you what, I uh, normally I could take a shower or something, and the chiggers would go away. Those chiggers were there. I mean, they 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 were mean, and uh, so I'm sure Adam and Eve probably ended up with a few chiggers too that they didn't like, you know, as a consequence. And you know, the first murder took place. You know, the first first murder took place that first generation, and things were so good. And God said, "This is really good." And things began to change. And I'm going to pick it up now in uh, Genesis, the fifth chapter, and read, read a few verses in here. Genesis 5 and verse, I think I've got 31. Breaking in, you know, a lot, lot has happened already since there, and a lot of history happened in, in the very few... <laughs> chapters of Genesis, you know, a lot of history turned out, so, you know, God won't cover everything, but um, uh, Genesis uh, uh, 5, verse, uh, I said 31, but I, well, I'll start there anyway, and I'll read down to 6 and verse 7. And all the days of lament were 770 and 7 years, and he died. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, and the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And here's another subject I'll write to, you know, and I gave one here, I don't know, a few years back on 
uh, the sons of God and marrying the, the daughters of men or what, vice versa. And uh, some people say, well, these were angels. They married angels. Well, it's not true, and I don't have time right now in this message to go into it. Uh, I did a few years ago, and I still can if anyone need, wants to question on that. But anyway, uh, they, they saw that they were fair and took unto them wives of all that they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, and yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty. So he's, you know, fixing to count down to the flood, I guess. And there were giants in the earth in those days, and the people would say, Well, this is the offspring of the angels and all that. But anyway, like I said, this is not true. And, uh, and if you have a problem with it, you know, get with me later or one of the other men. Giants were in, in those days, and also. After that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, or of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. So things weren't so good after, you know, by this time. The wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of the hearts was evil continually. And in me, my opinion, it seems to me like we're, we're inching that way again. The, the evil thoughts, the wicked thoughts, and we've heard the news lately. And listen to this. Verse 6. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. Things weren't going so well, and it grieved him at his heart. God was really disappointed with this beautiful, wonderful creation that he had. You know, and, and uh, we can look at this earth and, and, and aside from man, aside from some of the catastrophes and things that happen, and you can say, how could we really improve upon this creation that God has here, you know? It's it just such a wonderful, wonderful cosmos we have here. It's like a little terrarium, you know? You take a little terrarium and and have little miniature things in there, and everything is so self-contained, you know. You have your clouds come up inside and, and mist it and rain it, and, you know, and, and everything uh, grows and it dies and it supplies to something. You know, it is just so, so wonderful that, that God made this, this, this place we call Earth here in this, one, this fabulous un universe that we have. Anyway, let me catch up with myself here on paperwork. Anyway, and repented God, and it grieved him that he had made them. And we'll just paraphrase a little more, and we'll go down not too far from that, even <laughs> very close in, in where we were reading here, the Tower of Babel. You know, the people were really, really getting smart. You know, and I, I think, in my opinion is, they, they were advancing a lot quicker than they needed to. <laughs> how, how far away from where we are now would they have been then? You know, I don't know. They, they, their science might have been pretty good. I don't know. But I know one thing. God, God looked at the curve there, and he said, here's where they came from, and here's where they're going, and here's what they can do, but I'm not going to let them do it right now. And God had to slow things down. So, and I don't think he made a mistake, I, and I don't know that they did that, that God didn't anticipate them being that smart. I don't know. I don't think God, well, I know God didn't make any mistake. 
Then we came later with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and uh, not not too terribly bad things at that particular time, but you know, but but it came along, and then uh, Jacob's name was uh, changed to Israel, and, and Israel or Jacob had twelve tribes, and you look into the Bible, especially in the Chronicles and, and uh, Kings, and we're now in our Tuesday night Bible study. Uh, we're in Second Chronicles, and you see how disappointed God has been with humanity down through the years because they just don't want to mind God. You know, we look at the scriptures, and some of our men have given some really good messages here. Uh, recently, you know, and, uh, some of the things that David said in the Psalms and the Proverbs and, and uh, Solomon and some of the other wise people, how, how if man would just do the simple things, you know, life would be so much greater. And we even know ourselves, and I think can even testify to the scriptures when, when David said, you know, I'm even smarter than my, my teachers because I keep your commandments and do the things that you do. And not that we do it perfectly, but I think most of us realize we are a lot better off because we keep God's commandments, or at least the best we can, and, and we're still trying. And, and what a wonderful world it would be if people would continue to do that. And, and I really appreciate the uh, messages we've had. Uh, Steve gave some quite a bit on the, uh, 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 the Psalms and the Proverbs and some of the other men, too. Um, but anyway, they, we realize that Israel and Judah have gone into captivity a number of times and, and simply because they would not obey God. They just would not do the good things. God sent prophets to warn the people many times without success. Without success, God has warned his people and, and, of course, Scripture says God won't do anything unless he warns people through his prophets. We'll go over now to the New Testament, and we'll... Uh, I've got uh, Acts, the 7th chapter. I'm going to have to speed up here a little bit. Acts, the 7th chapter, verse 51. Acts. Okay, and I'm breaking into the point here. This is, you know, after the day of Pentecost, Jesus has already uh, been crucified, and the day of Pentecost has come and gone. And uh, Stephen was one of the first seven deacons they had. Stephen had a lot of power, a lot of God's Holy Spirit, you know, and really motivated to speak. And he wasn't afraid at all. He didn't care what the politically correct thing was to do. But they they were accusing Stephen of preaching heresy and and they were about ready to kill him. And uh, so Stephen came to his own defense, and they allowed him to do that. Let's see where, how far I'm going to go. And I'm going to re- start off in uh, verse 51, Stephen quoting, or quoting Stephen. You stiff neck and uncircumcised in the hearts and ears, you do always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. You know, all down through years they did too, and you're just like your dad. You know, you're just a chip off the old log. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted, and they have slain them, which slew, which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom 
You have been now the betrayers and murderers. You have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. You know, you hard-headed people. And you, Stephen's making a mad. And they heard these things. They were cut to the heart. They were gnashed on him, or they gnashed on him with their teeth. They were so mad they were biting him. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus Christ, or Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. They didn't want to hear this. This is just, I don't want to hear that. Turn the station, do something else, you know, what we would do now. And ran upon him with one accord. Some of us would kick the TV screen out <laughs> in our modern day vernacular. And cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the, witness, and, yeah, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So, you know, a modern day, or a Christian in that day, they, they, they absolutely killed. I'm going to probably go a little faster over this than what I intended to. Uh, now for the part that depicts the title that I had. <laughs> you know, pray thy kingdom come. And this is probably the most famous prayer in all of history that I'm fixing to read and uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John a lot of times the four gospels they'll, they'll have certain things you know they all talk about sometimes only one will say something sometimes two or three in this particular case um, Matthew and Luke are the only ones that speak of this particular thing and uh, they're, they're pretty close they're almost parallel when they go down uh, but they're but slightly different but not much and, and this is what most people call the Lord's Prayer and I'm going to start off here in, in Matthew 6 9 and what I'll do uh, uh, Matthew 6 9 and also Luke 11 1 and I'll kind of jump back and forth from scripture to scripture and I told uh, uh, Brian back there don't worry about <laughs> whichever one you do it don't matter uh, but anyway after this manner therefore pray you this is Jesus talking. Here's what Jesus said after this manner, pray you. Our Father which art in heaven. Luke 11 verse 1 says, And it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And here's what Luke said. When you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. So just kind of as a side, and this is not a, my subject right now either, but, you know, he didn't tell him, well, you have to come up with Yahweh or this or that or anything else. And if you want to do that, that's fine. But Jesus is saying, here's how you address God. This is a safe way of doing it. This is the way I do it. And I didn't write it down here, but I think there's 356 or something like that times that Father, our Father, or something in that line is mentioned in the New Testament alone in the same word. Our Father, 
which is a parent, a male parent. Jesus prayed to the Father, and we are to pray to our Father, your Father, my Father. We address God as our Father. So many times Jesus said, Oh, Father, Father this, Father that. And the, the apostle said, called him Father, our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallowed be thy name in, in uh, Matthew and in Luke 11. Hallowed be thy name. I, I don't have time to go into a lot of that, but, you know, this is the essence. Hallowed be thy name in <clears throat> thy kingdom come. In Matthew and Luke also, thy kingdom come. Do we pray thy kingdom come? Do we know what it means? Do we understand what it means? Uh, and there's been a lot of dialogue on that, a lot of commentaries on that. And I'm, I'm going to go down through this, and I'll back up for just a little bit. Thy will be done on earth, that is, as in heaven. This is Matthew. And then Luke says, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. So it's the same thing. I just change the words around a little bit. But most of the time we'll say, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. And it's correct either way you go. Uh, Give us this day our daily bread. And both of them says that. Both give us our daily bread. And, and there are messages on that alone. And Sean's even mentioned some things, you know, in years past along this line, you know. Some of the others have too, you know. Sometimes we really do have to literally ask for our daily bread. And in the early days of my business, I could really, my family and my children could say, Oh, God, send a check. Have one of the Denny's restaurants to send a check or something so we can go out and buy groceries. But anyway, uh, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And uh, Matthew and, and Luke says, forgive us our sins instead of our debts, for as we forgive everyone his, uh, that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And both Matthew and Luke has that. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For, and and uh, Matthew is the only one that has this last verse. Uh, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And I'm going to back up a little bit now and go back up here to thy will be done on earth or thy kingdom come. Uh, if there's anyone that really cannot pray thy kingdom come, if anyone really loves our society like it is, you know, you really need to talk to me and convince me that this is really a great place to spend the rest of our lives in and for our children and our grandchildren to come up in when things have escalated so much, so much corruption has taken place. Uh, and, I, and I love this earth. I love this world. And I love the life God's given me. I love the United States of America. But when I see the pain and the misery all around us, and I don't want to, you know, end on a negative note, but, you know, the, the school shootings, just, just one of the recent things that we have seen, and you can, you know, I guess I spend too much time now watching TV, sometimes, you know, I'm not as busy as I used to be, and, I, and I'm becoming a good forensic scientist, you know, a good detective, I can solve these crimes, and I'm getting good at it, and I know one thing, don't do it. You know, don't commit the crime because you never get by with it. But uh, the, the thing that really, the common denominator for me is the pain, the misery, the heartache that people are experiencing. And you can watch the news here. You can, uh, you can see newspapers. But 
sometimes I, you know, and, and I'm not having a nervous breakdown. I'm not, you know, suicidal and, you know, and I'm not wanting to check out and all that. But, you know, it, it, sometimes I actually get a tear when I watch some of these shows. And I see what happens, you know, when, and, you know, it don't matter what, what color they are, what race they are. Uh, it seems like a lot of the, what I see on these crime shows, uh, a lot of the black families, you know, and, and the mother and the daughters and the sons and even the grown brothers, you know, tears run down their eyes, you know, because some stupid person, greedy person wanted to, to rob them, wanted to kill them or wanted to do something. And, and some of the young women, you know, or even older people that have the, been ravaged and raped by some psycho out here, some uh, egotistical, you know, there's some, I'm going to use some bad words, so I'm not careful, but, you know, this is not an easy world to live in when, when you see what's going on. And I don't, I, I can't personally just put it on a back cloud and say I'm going to take my motorcycle ride and forget about what goes on because it's just there. And I think most of us can honestly say, Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. And I know uh, this is, uh, Barnabas gave a message here a while back about the day of the Lord. Now, this is not the same thing. It's prior to that. And Barnabas is right, you know, we don't look for the day of the Lord, the blackness, the gloom, the horrible things that are coming. But in reality, a lot of people that have already experienced that day of the Lord, almost in a sense anyway, they've, they've, they've experienced the horror, the torment, the torture already. It's, it's surprising what a lot of people have gone through. But we're not to pray for that. And I pray for God's kingdom to come for, uh, you know, I used to think, and a lot of us used to think that we'd be here when, when Jesus comes. Maybe and maybe not. But if I'm not, you know, we've got these young people out here, and we've got these young kids out here that are going to come along and have children. Uh, you know, and I know God will take care of them to a great extent if they obey their parents and they do the things that they're supposed to do. Uh, you know, the, God's going to set his angels about most of them, I think. But I, I still would hate to see them have to be in the fear and to see their friends and their loved ones and their neighbors go through the, the, the wickedness that's coming upon this earth and it's getting more wicked all the time. To the point that my uh, uh, children and even some of my mid-20s and 30s grandchildren are saying, this is really bad. <laughs> You know, when the young ones say it's getting bad, it's got to be bad. It's not just us old fogies saying it. But I don't want to, you know, but there, is a, there, is, there are brighter times coming. And I'm going, to, I'm going a little bit over, and I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to conclude right here, that um, the thing that, this is more of a Feast of Tabernacles type sermon, I guess, but uh, uh, my last scripture will be in Revelation 21, verse 3 through 8. And, oh, man, can we both, all of us pray this on a daily basis. Re Revelation 21, verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no cr nor crying, 
neither shall there any more be pain for the former things are passed away. This beautiful, wonderful earth that we have here is going to really work good. It's going to be really good. And he that's, verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these things are true and faithful. God is faithful, and these words are faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that a thirst of the fountain of, life, fountain of water of life freely. You know, we know what we're supposed to do to repent and be baptized and, and God will give us our Holy Spirit and Jesus will be in us and fill us with his Holy Spirit. He that overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and, shall, and he shall be my son. And we've given messages too on sons of God. We're all right now sons of God. It just didn't appear to what, we're, what we will be. But, last scripture, but the fearful and the unbelieving, the abominable, these horrible criminals, these murderers and these whoremongers and these saucers and these idolaters and these liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And I, will, and I think all of us can really pray sincerely and earnestly and, and with our whole heart and really mean it God thy kingdom come that it will be on earth that it is in heaven your laws and your rules will rule this earth and what a beautiful beautiful life that we have on this beautiful wonderful earth that, that God will transform and change around 